Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs heading in to Los Angeles Sunday to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Kind of weird to say, 3.25 p.m. Kevin Harlan, Rich Gannon on the call right now. Pete Sweeney here with Joel Thorman and Sean Barber. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. 2-0 Chiefs. Uh, business is good. Chiefs are good. Couldn't be happier. Family's good. Faith's good. Chiefs are doing great. First thing I want to talk about is what did we learn last week when the Chiefs played the Eagles? Sean, I'll start with you. You watch this game very closely. You're involved with both teams. What did you learn about the Chiefs? Well, I learned that the Chiefs' offensive line is probably a little bit more underrated than I gave them credit for at the beginning of the season. I think by facing the defensive line of the Eagles, um, I think that's going to be, I mean, they're seven deep. They kept rolling new fresh guys out, and our five guys just kept punching them, kept punching them, kept punching them until that punt run broke, and that was the uh, kind of the but the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to the uh, the Eagles game. So the offensive line stepping up, facing a, a very dominant defensive line, and being able to not only hold court with them, but I think our offensive line actually beat them to the punch. Joe. The Chiefs are a second-half team, more specifically a fourth-quarter team. I think they're up to 35 fourth-quarter points in two games this year. You know, in, in both games, they got stronger as the game went on. I think that's the sign of a team that has a lot of depth. So, you know, you hope in the big picture they're stronger as, you know, the second half of the season goes on, too. Yeah, I, re- I really like the fact that they play all four quarters. And, and it goes back to that tough Andy Reid training camp and kind of that Floyd Mayweather approach where, you know, at the end of games, maybe that defensive front of the Eagles is a little bit more tired, and, and that allows the offense to kind of open things up. You saw this was a very different game in the first three quarters compared to the fourth quarter, so you like what the Chiefs were able to do win the game in the fourth quarter. I want to get to the biggest news of this week, and it's been a weird week. The biggest news has been the fact that Travis Kelsey is kind of taunting. Is he not taunting? I'm going to play a series of audio clips here to just kind of get a feel for this thing. Andy Reid was first asked about it on Monday, and he treated that uh, a little bit better than I would say the rest of the week. It's one of those deals uh, where, you know, what I said, I, I try to keep that in-house. It was obvious that I wasn't real happy about it. Um, I'm not going to get into details of it, but it, I think we all know you can't do that. And, uh, and, and he gets, he gets caught up in the emotion again. The one thing that you love about Trav is that he plays and he comes to play, he comes back and he's diving over people. He left at the five yard line, dives over somebody, scored a touchdown. So, but you can't, you can't take stuff away from yourself. You can't do that with your teammates. Uh, um, and, and so he kind of got it from all different angles. Some of the players got upset at him and that we all love him, but you got to, you know, you can't do things that take away from what you're trying to get accomplished here. You got to learn to curb your emotions somewhere. He's got to do that. Now, forgive me, but guys, I'm going to go into umpire mode uh, right right now. Strike one. Travis knows how I think. Yeah. Have you said anything after Sunday? Uh, that's between Travis and I. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't he known before? He had trouble with him last year. Yeah, no, he knows. Strike two. Yeah, no, he knows. Travis, you said he knows, but it seems to be a repetitive message. Times I told him. I told him when he gets done, you know, when, when I kick him, kick him out of here, he's going to come be a writer so, like you guys, and then he can do all that stuff. So it's, it sounds like I mean, you've been over. I've taken care of it. Yeah, I've taken care of it. You want to ask me again? I'm going to give you the same answer. So I'm, I'm, it's you got it. Is it clear to you? You asked me the other day. You got the message. You're good. Okay. Oh, someone that looked like you. 
Anything else? All right, good. Kansas City Media, you're out. <laughs> Three strikes, you're Big out. Red. Big Red. I mean, I always appreciate the question getting asked. It was, you know, we all know what he's going to say. Sometimes you feel like you have to ask it or somebody wasn't there, you know, the last time around. Like, I get how that stuff happens, but... You know, he did He did say the same thing several times in a row. I never expected to get – what else would you get out of him in that situation, you know? Yeah, and I, I think it goes to how many times you're going to ask the guy the same question. He was pretty quiet on the matter when it was first asked yesterday, and it's hard to even point at the guy asking it because it could be coming from an editor. It could be coming from a radio station manager. But the fact that whoever it is is pushing to for these questions to be asked over and over again, I agree you got to ask the question the first time, but come on. I mean, he just said it's between me and Travis. You want to open that door? I, I think there's a difference between, like, getting your soundbite and fishing for controversy, and I, I just felt that's what the media was doing. And listen, Andy Reid, if, you, if you've been here long enough, you know he's not going to tell you what he told Travis. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you think, Sean? I mean, he kind of went from the, the press primary most defining statement is, number one, I'm not going to go into details about it. So he lets you know right off the bat, like, you're going to be asking me about it. I'm not going into detail, so let's get that out of the way. Then he goes into the second phase of it is that the teammates, it's the team that matters. His teammates even got on him a little bit. It's about the team. You can't take certain things away from the team. you got to understand that. And then for the third stance, it was just point to how selfish it was. And so once he's acknowledged all three, three of those phases of it, it's pretty much done in his mind. And so for media to keep coming back and coming back, it comes to a point where he's like uh, – I mean, I got to stand beside my word. And my initial reaction was, I'm not going into details about it. You know, he doesn't get angry often, but when he does, I mean, you've been at press conferences before. There's a little bit of an uncomfortability oh, yeah. oh, when yeah. that happens and uh, clearly happened at the end of yesterday's presser. As far as Kelsey and, and the matter at hand, I mean, we could joke about it all we want. I really don't see him necessarily taking a taunting penalty in this game. I think that'd be a crazy thing for him to do. And really, probably what a lot worse repercussions than we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was reading this thing from when Kelsey was first drafted. I, I can't remember where it came from, but you know, Andy Reid when when they chose Kelsey in the draft, uh, Andy Reid called him up and you know was basically like, "You're not going to screw this up, are you? You know, now let me talk to your brother." And you know, Reid talked to Jason Kelsey and you know said something along like, "Make sure he's you know got his head on right and all this." So like. When the Chiefs first took Kelsey, they knew it was a thing. It's going to be something they continually work on. But, you know, he's he's 28 now. It's probably time to not do some of those things. Like, I get how that's going to happen every once in a while. A couple times a season, sure. Like, you know, that's – like, I get it. Three games in a row is pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between maybe an aberration and a trend. And right now it, it is a trend. And I, I predict that that will end on Sunday. Now – Moving on to the game at hand, the most important thing, uh, the San Diego Chargers, I'm sorry, I just made the mistake, the Los Angeles Chargers are 0-2 to start this year in two close games. And I read a stat, 4-18 and since 2015 in close games, and Andy Reid actually opened his press conference up this week with that fact. We know they're a good football team. Their, their last two games have come right down to the end. Um, they've had more of those type of games than anybody over the last two years, and so... Um, and then, including this year, that'd be the third year. Uh, it's that same situation. So, um, when when you when you play it right to the to the end, there, that's uh, your good football team, and that's that's what they do. So, 
I mean, it's it's got to be maddening if you're a Chargers fan or if you're part of that organization. You know, you lost a head coach because of it. I thought Mike McCoy did a pretty good job. He lost a head coach. He's now, you know, a member of the Broncos staff. But, man. Yeah, it's uh, – man, that, that that is a tough one for Chargers fans. And I can think of, like, so many games, even in the past, like, you know, five, six, seven years with the Chargers that ended, like, really weird. Um, you know, both good and bad for the Chiefs, especially the fumble. Uh, you know, when Phillip Rivers fumbled on inexplicably on that Monday night game in like 2011. I mean, <laughs> that one alone, I can't imagine, but to have so many, that sucks. But the other thing, what, what Andy Reid said is right. Like, they're still in the game in the fourth quarter. I expect that to be the case this weekend. And I think, too, which is the scary part of this is – this was the quote from Anthony Lynn. We talked about that a little bit in our team meeting. Some people say same old Chargers. It's not the same old Chargers. We lost a couple of close games. We have 14 games left. We'll see. We'll see at the end. If there's any game to get out of that rut, it's a division game against a team who a lot of people are calling now the best team in the NFL or at least in the top three. They could turn this whole thing around with the win against the Chiefs, and the fact that they're 0-2, the fact that all these storylines are coming about, you know, players will tell you, that they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about that. This could turn the whole season around for the Chargers. Nah, <laughs> unfortunately, they ain't. You don't think so? <laughs> no, nah, the Chargers, as, as much as they try to, um, you know, watching film of them in the first two games, man, they, they're they not playing good football to begin games with. <laughs> I mean, they get down, they get down, and then the other team, because of a, a lack of uh, um, a lack of defensive pressure, you go back to a prevent, and then you allow uh, Phillip Rivers and Allen and, and Gordon to start getting some momentum. And then I think even in that Denver game, it still was like two turnovers in a row that actually got them back into the game. If Denver would have just ran the ball and just been been content to run Denver the ball. Denver got a little cute in that game. They got cute. They got cute. And so you you know they have the talent. They have some – they definitely have offensive talent, right? They got Hunter Hunter Henry and they have uh, Gordon. They have Allen. So they got weapons that can hurt you. But the offensive line is not that good. The offensive line ain't good. It matches up well with our uh, strength, which is our defensive line. We should dominate that front the entire game. As long as we we don't play previous defense and give them a chance to get back in the game, kind of like what happened late in last game, and give them a chance to win the game, I think that it becomes a, a win by the Chiefs by about 17 points. Sean, I, I didn't realize you were – Sorry for the early win. prediction. Nice. Sorry for the early I like it. I, like I didn't it. realize you were going to Dikembe Mutombo. Man, yeah, this today. <laughs> not in this house. <laughs> but haven't but the Chargers have had protection issues. It feels like for a few years, wasn't it? Didn't D Ford have a three sack game against him? Was that last year, or two years ago? Yeah, and D Ford doesn't have three sack games against anybody. Right, right. So I think there's that with with Houston playing so well and Chris Jones coming off, you know, mm-hmm. Player of the Week award. That's good. New, that's good to hear from Sean here. We'll get in details about what to expect personnel wise. Just continuing with the bigger storylines of this game. We already talked about Travis Kelsey. This is the first time the Chiefs are traveling to the StubHub Center soccer stadium. I think it's 18,000 people. Sean, as a 18? For- I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sean, as a former player, what do you make of that? Well, I played in a small college, so 18,000 is probably what we got at University of Richmond back in the day. So it'll be, it'll be like me um, you know, playing back in front of one of my old schools and stuff like that. Some of these guys that play for the Alabamas and USC's and stuff, this would be like a, a downgrade. Um, not not the true pro experience, um, so to say, but I I, un, I wait. I undersold it. It's not eighteen thousand. It's twenty seven thousand. Okay, so, so to be to be a little bit more clear. That's still about Richmond. Twenty seven thousand. So much better. Yeah, it really isn't. It really isn't that much better. But yeah, it's it's going to be a smaller venue. Uh, you anticipated being maybe a little louder than usual. 
I I don't think it'll be that loud. I also like I think there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans there. You know, in San Diego, they packed it well. L.A. is only bigger. Uh, I, 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 I feel like we're going to have like half Chiefs fans there. You know, I think it. I think it's got to be the worst when Cowboys fans show up to every game yeah. wherever they play. There was it's an got Emmett a, Smith jersey at the last Chiefs home game. It's got to drive you. <laughs> it's got to drive you insane when you're a big Chargers fan. You're going to this game. You're fired up, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs maybe get a ten point lead, and the chop starts. That's yeah. got to be the worst feeling <laughs> yeah, in the world. Absolutely, but it's quiet. Game. It gets quiet real quick, especially, I mean, like you're saying, it's going to be such a small crowd there. The one thing the crowd does is when you're on defense, it allows your, your get-off. It allows your defensive ends to really key the football, and there's no – the offense has to go to a silent count now. So now as a defensive end, if you're faster than offensive tackles, you get a great advantage of being at home. But if you don't have a stadium that can take advantage of that, if you don't have you know, eighty or 90,000 fans that can really make it so loud that you can't hear – I mean, we we'll probably we we'll, we'll probably won't even use a sound account in this game. It'll probably be Alex Smith just going through his normal cadence. So, advantage Chiefs. Well, there you go. We're going to get into some more personnel when we come back. You are listening to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. It's time to answer the call, little buddy. I'm talking about big beef, dislocate your jaw kind of wide. This, that, charbroiled unicorn boy, bacon, big pig, slab, cut thick, sizzling for shizzling on velvet sheets of ooey gooey. A wild, wild western bacon cheeseburger. Carl Jr. I'm calling your name. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber, former Chiefs player, and Joel Thorman, the manager of ArrowheadPride.com. We're talking about this game Sunday, the Chiefs visiting L.A. for the first time, 325 p.m. CBS. Kevin Harlan, Rich Gannon on the call. We're going to talk about the Chiefs offense versus the Chargers defense. What are the biggest challenges you see in this Chargers defense, Sean? It starts with Joey Bosa. Uh, Joey Bosa is a man who's, I think he had something like 12 sacks in 10 games last year, something like that. Um, he can bring a tremendous amount of pressure. He has an engine. Now that Alex Smith has started to kind of, our offense has kind of uh, leaned to him going for a big play, waiting for big plays to develop. Uh, he's been holding the ball a little bit more, uh, which leads to some sacks, but it also been leading to some really positive plays for our offense. Bosa sees that. He'll see that in film study. He'll know if he keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming, there'll, there'll be opportunities for him to get two or three sacks. Alex Smith actually spoke about Bosa and Ingram this week. Every week, the, the entire division's got, you know, really good guys that can get after the passer. And, then, I mean, there's no different to have two guys like this, to have Ingram playing as, as good as he is and, and Bosa. I mean, those two guys both are really, really good players, physical, uh, can get after you in the run and the pass. So uh, they present a unique problem. I mean, you have two edge guys like that that are playing as uh, – at a higher level, as they are, uh, I mean, it makes it makes things tough. You got to you got to be on it, certainly. So Smith clearly thinking about both Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Joel, I got to ask you: Does the new Alex show up in L.A.? I th- I think he probably has a pretty good game. Maybe more so like last week than the Patriots game. You know, you mentioned Bosa. I'm excited to see you know how Andy Reid is going to scheme around him. That's been like my most anticipated thing each game so far is like what you know different thing is Reed going to do and with two edge guys like that he's he's definitely going to have something you know he's he's they're they're not going to go in unprepared so I imagine plenty of uh, you know hope hopefully see plenty of Tyreek on those sweeps whether they give it to him or not and spread those guys out 
and make them think about it for a second. So yeah, no, that's 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 one thing that I'm looking at with Bosa and the defense. Now you bring up Tyreek Hill. He's kind of had a slower year, I think, than we've expected through the first two games. You think he maybe wakes up and produces those Tyreek Hill-like numbers in this game, Sean? I think they've been using him exactly right. I think being able to use Tyreek Hill as a threat on special teams and, and being able to mix him up in the in the offense with just a, just a, just enough so the defense have to worry about him. I think right. if, you know when you go back to watch the film, just having Tyreek goes in motion, all the linebackers' eyes have to start accounting for that speed jet sweep. And what we found out last time um, against the Eagles, Hicks he he froze one time. He froze one time against that motion, and that's what really allowed that seam for Hunt to really go and score that touchdown. Was that linebacker when 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 our tackle pulled, he he wasn't able to go fast because he was kind of c- concerned about our wide receivers. And this the same thing with that Kelsey shovel pass. They oh, had, definitely. They yeah. they had Tyreek coming along there too. So I mean, Andy Reid does that. He he did that a bunch against the Patriots too. Like. Honestly, I would run like Tyreek or Dat through that backfield like every single play. I mean, because I feel like it does enough to the defense, you know, that that it really opens up things, you know, a lot in the middle, especially when you can you got a tight end who can take it 20 yards (laughs) off a shuffle pass. And not only did tight end, the best player, the best rookie the NFL has ever seen since 1920. And through two games, you have Kareem Hunt. Uh, Adam Shepard this week called him the best player in the NFL through the two games. Again, super small sample size, but that's exciting. For him. Uh, that's exciting to hear him say that. Here's Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach on Kareem Hunt. He's very instinctive, good football player. You know, he's not their most dynamic player, but he's a playmaker. Uh, God knows they have a lot of dynamic players, but he's probably one of the best football players on that team. Not the most dynamic player, Kareem. <laughs> there you go. Put that up in your locker, my friend. I mean, I think it goes back to, you know, like the combine numbers he put up weren't like flashy. It was a four six forty, And I think through two games, you know, it's it's been shown that that doesn't really mean anything because he can outrun defensive backs, which is what matters when you get in the secondary. Yeah, if you go back to what Andy Reid said about when they found Hunt, right? He said, hey, Doris came here on Thursday nights and some, you know, Toledo's playing a lot of these late night games and he just kept putting on clips of Hunt. Later in the game, found Hunt in, in the a game, hopeless place. Right, late in the game, just powering through tackles and breaking tackles. He got better as the game goes on. Like that isn't a you know that what Anthony Lynn said. He's not a dynamic, flashy player. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hit you with that home run hit right out the, out the um, block. But what he does is when the fourth quarter comes, when it matters, he powers in from the four yard line once he's wrapped up to score that touchdown. He does the things catching a, a seam route and outrunning your linebackers and your safety for a touchdown. Those he, he steps up when it when it's time. Other expectation that we have for this game, Mitch Morse probably won't play. He sprained that foot in the last game, and so you have Zach Fulton filling in. My worry scale for Zach Fulton filling in for Mitch Morris is at like a one. Like <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I, he came in last game and you didn't even notice. Yeah, and this is, I mean, Zach Fulton uh, has been like the seventh or, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth offensive lineman uh, for the last couple of years after he started, you know, his rookie year at, at guard. Um, and now he's, now he's the backup center. That's kind of like a thankless job until you actually need him. And now we're here, we need him. And I'm like you, Pete, I feel fine about this. If it was the entire season, you know, maybe I'd be a little more worried. But a few weeks, like they're absolutely going to get past this. I agree. All right. Turning the page, Chargers offense versus the Chiefs defense. Keenan Allen is back this week. He actually tore his ACL in the game against the Chiefs last year in week one, I believe. And he was having a nice game before that. He's leading the Chargers in targets so far with 20. And I brought this up to Joel earlier this week. He had a little Twitter feud with Marcus Peters while he was rehabbing. 
and he was watching the Chiefs play the Chargers again, Alan was like, you know what? He should be happy. I'm not playing this week. Ha ha. Hashtag bum. Hashtag <laughs> bum game. Oh, man. Peters, do you think he remembers that? 100%, absolutely. Absolutely. One million. Does. Yes. One million percent. Yeah. And they're, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how often Keenan Allen actually lines up on Peters because, you know, despite uh, what he's saying, if I'm, you know, the coach, I'm probably lining my best receiver up on somebody who's not Marcus Peters. So I actually don't think we're going to see a ton of interaction between these two. But at some point, they're going to get lined up together, and Peters is absolutely not going to forget that. So I expect we'll hear about this a little bit during the game. I worry about Peters maybe getting too hot of a head if, if he does line up with Keenan Allen. I mean, we saw how crazy it was with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Redskins cornerback last year. Josh Norman. Oh, Josh yeah, Norman, Josh. right, where they were just at each other's throats the whole game. I mean, Peters is a hot head. I mean, if, if he is in, he's got some beef with the guy, he's going to come at you. We saw it with Ross Travis at training camp. I also, I also feel like Peters backs it up, and I remember some of the annoying things he's done is like, punting the ball into the stands, but those come after like huge interceptions or ripping the ball out of Kelvin Benjamin's hands. Like, yeah, I can get over that, you know? So as long as he brings it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. I think we'll always take the good and the bad when it right. comes to Marcus Peters. Sean, X's and O's standpoint, what do you like about this Chargers offense? Um, you got to like the fact that they use Hunter Henry to, con- to control the middle of the field. I've always said if you have a tight end in the running game, you're going to be an offense to be reckoned with. And they have Gordon out the backfield. He's a dynamic runner. He's one of probably five offenses that actually have a primary runner who's used on first, second, and third down in the league. Um, so he's an every down back. Uh, Hunter Henry is, a, is, a, is going to be a merging tight end uh, once they get past, the, you know, kind of flip the page on, on their old tight end who just broke uh, some touchdown record. Uh, some guy yeah he broke tony <laughs> gonzalez's record or something like that yeah, whatever, whatever yeah whatever um so now they tr- you know uh have turned the page to hunter henry and let him kind of show how good he is i mean he's he's very uh he's he's also elusive he, he can get vertical he reminds us he's going to remind you a lot of um what Ertz did as far as trying to run um, different routes on our secondary he's a tough matchup uh he has a good catch radius um he has really nice hands he runs crisp routes um, and he's looked for a lot by uh, Philip Rivers. So even though Keenan Allen leads in targets, um, I think Hunter Henry is the guy we need to kind of not worry about, but we need to make sure we at least focus on. And this is a good game, another another test, like the post-Eric Berry uh, covering tight ends. I thought they actually did a pretty good job against Sackerts last week. He ended with like 90-something yards, but 50 of that was on that. Yeah. Like, he gets credited with that. You know what I mean? I got to tell you, I was really worried about Eric Berry being lost for the season. And then I found out Daniel Sorensen can fly. <laughs> <laughs> the guy can fly. So who cares? That yeah, was awesome. Very schmary. Yeah. No, Gates and Hunter, though, I think that's if, if there is a concern um, going into this game, it's going to be how our safeties, Sorensen and Murray, match up against Hunter and Gates. Well, there you go. Other guys to watch, Gordon, Tyrell Williams, just other good players on offense for the Chargers. Uh, Chris Jones coming off the best game of his career, AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. So uh, you want want to see him continue what he started last week. And the best part was he played half the snaps last week. Like yeah. I feel like that's been under-talked under about a little bit. Yeah, so he was an absolute force. I don't see any reason, especially after what Sean said earlier about the Chargers' uh, protection, I don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue. I think he's going to make a run at it again. Hi, Coco. Yeah. <laughs> Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. All right, write that down, Joel. I got it. Hot cocoa. Anyway, well, there you go. Those are our personnel takes 
on this game. When we come back on the Arrowhead Pride podcast, we'll play a little bit of a game called This or That. We'll get some game predictions, and we'll call up Mr. Minnesota. Seth Kaiser will be joining us. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Bride Podcast. Pete Sweeney with Sean Barber and Joel Thorman. We have Seth Kaiser, real MN Chiefs fan, joining us on the line. The first thing we're going to do with you on the line, Seth, is play a little bit of a game I call this or that. You're trying to figure out what's more likely, so here we go. I'm going to start with this. More yards from scrimmage, Tyreek Hill or Melvin Gordon? Seth, go ahead. Uh, Tyreek Hill, because I think Alex is going to hit on whatever deep shot they take to him this week. Barely missed it last week. I'll go with Tyreek Hill as well. Yeah, I think I think he'll get one of those deep shots. I'm with Seth. I think I'm going to go with Gordon. I'm a, I think Gordon, because he's every down back for them, they're going to kind of feed him, feed him, feed him, feed the monster. Uh, he won't score, but he'll definitely get more yardage, I think. I'm going to continue with Gordon because of that point and the fact that this Chiefs offense, we knew that they'd have Travis Kelsey, but we didn't know they'd have the best player in the league, Kareem Hunt. I'm going to go with Gordon as well. I still think the Chiefs uh, may be the victors in this game. What's more likely, Kareem Hunt more than 125 yards rushing or Alex Smith greater than 300 yards passing? Seth? I'm going to take Kareem Hunt. I don't have a lot of faith in the Chargers' run defense. Their edge guys are incredible. Their interior isn't all that impressive. I'll go with Kareem Hunt as well. You know, Alex has only gone over 300 yards. I don't think he's ever gone over 300 yards twice in a season, so maybe it's a little unlikely. Yeah. With the, the pass rushers, the edge rushers, the cornerbacks, um, they have really good cornerbacks. I'm going to go with uh, Kareem Hunt also um, to go over 150 yards rushing. Really, really disappointed in you guys. I, I love Kareem Hunt, but as you know, <laughs> I, I have a sixth sense. <laughs> and my sixth sense is knowing how the new Alex thinks. He's not going home this time. He's mad the Chargers moved mm-hmm. uh, the team from his home city of San Diego. The new oh. Alex, 400 yards this week. I, I love it. Alex Smith more likely than Kareem Hunt. Okay, uh, next more likely. Travis Kelsey takes a fourth consecutive taunting penalty or Akeem Hunt rushing touchdown? Seth. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Um, honestly, I hate to say it, I think it's way more likely that Travis Kelsey gets another taunting penalty. I'll go with Seth on that one as well. There's no way they're going to take that that goal line carry away from Kareem Hunt. Or Demetrius Football. Or Demetrius Football Harris. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't go with Kelsey getting that. After I've heard what Andy said to Kelsey, I think it, uh, Kelsey is going to – you're going to see the, the, the choir boy come out uh, this game. Um, no chance this game does he even come close to getting a personal foul. So I'm going to go with Akeem Hunt. Why not? To get a rushing touchdown. Uh, I have more faith in Kelsey, too. I'm going to go with Akeem. We heard maybe a small rumbling that he might be involved in the offense. I'll take one of Akeem's two carries yeah. over <laughs> over the, the fact that maybe Kelsey gets another penalty. What's more likely, this or that, Marcus Peters' interception or Marcus Peters' personal foul for unsportsmanlike conduct, Seth? Uh, I think an interception, but I, I do have to say that with the caveat that I think it's because they're going to target him early and often. I think Keenan Allen is going to get his. But if you throw at Marcus Peters enough, he will pick off a pass, and I think they'll throw it at him enough. That's that film talk, and that's what I want to hear, Joel. I'll, I'll go with personal foul. Uh, <laughs> and that's nothing against Peters. I love Peters, but I just – I it's – Keenan Allen sounds like a guy who does some talking. If he's in the middle of rehab in December on Twitter during a game talking, I imagine he's going to say something on the field. I'll say personal foul. Hey, I'm going with the interception. Um, 
we can't let Chris Jones lead our team in interceptions. <laughs> so Peters, Peters is definitely going to make a run of that. If, if um, anything, for the sake of our ears. For the sake of our ears. But also, I think, you know, look at last game. The Eagles did. They, I mean, they targeted Peters a few times, and they actually had some big plays going his way just because he was playing so soft and so so far off. So, yeah, I think that the, um, the Chargers would definitely try to, you know, go at Peters a few times in the first half, and then Peters is going to tighten up and uh, get a pick in the second. I'm going to go with the penalty only because I've seen teams avoiding Peters. I don't know if they'll necessarily do it this week because I know Phillip Rivers has a lot of weapons, but I can just see Keenan Allen. He's already been on Twitter. I'm sure Marcus Peters is well aware of that. I could see him getting a little bit of a jawing matchup with Keenan Allen, maybe take a bad mm-hmm. penalty. All right, last one. If Chargers lose, will they lose by less than four or more than 13? Seth. Um, I got to go with less than four just because the Chargers, regardless of the disparity between the teams lately, have always played the Chiefs tough, and they always lose in some bizarre way. And so I'm thinking, like, this is the year for, like, a last-minute safety or, like, a 99-yard fumble return, something like that. That's, like, the only way left for the Chargers to lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, less than four for sure. They're going to keep it really close, and it's going to be very, very annoying in the fourth quarter when Rivers is leading them <laughs> on a scoring drive. Can I can I say both? Can I say that the Chiefs will be leading by more than fourteen going into the last two minutes, but somehow they win by less than four? <laughs> they, find, <laughs> they find a way via hail mary to uh, Hunter or something like that. They actually get back in the four, but it's going to be a blowout most of the game. I think after halftime, the Chiefs going to be up by almost three scores. Sean, Sean, when I drew up this or that. I mean, you found a way for both. Found a way for both. This or that. Unbelievable. I'm going to go by less than four because I'm a believer in statistics, and the Chargers like to lose close games. So if the if the Chiefs win, I think it'll be by less than That's four. Boy. All right, here we go. Uh, last segment. That was fun. Really enjoyed what's more likely, this or that. Uh, last segment. We're talking predictions, Chiefs and Chargers, this Sunday, 325 p.m. Arrowhead time. Arrowhead time for sure. And we want to know what you think is going to happen in this game. Sean, I'm going to start with you. Your prediction for this matchup. Well, I've already said the Chiefs are going to win by 17. So because I think the Chargers are only going to score 13, i got to do my quick math. Because <laughs> 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 the Chiefs actually have to end up with 30. So I'm going with Chiefs 30, uh, Chargers 13. Okay. I got 24-23, three field goals from the Chargers who move the ball well, but the Chiefs red zone D clamps down, uh, and I think it'll be close. I'm going to go with Chiefs 31, Chargers 24. I think Phillip Rivers does have a way with this offense, but Alex Smith, the new Alex Smith, just continues to put up those touchdowns, maybe get one or two from Kareem Hunt, but this is Alex Smith's year. Could be an MVP year for Alex Smith. Seth? You know, I know I already said that if the Chiefs win, it'll be by less than four, but I'm an attorney, so what I say one second doesn't really apply to what I say the next <laughs> second. So That's I'm going to go with I, – I, hearing, hearing Sean talk has given me a lot of confidence. Yeah, so buddy. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Chiefs 34, the Chargers 20. I think with Barrett out, I don't think that secondary is going to be as good. And I don't know why. I just have one of those weird feelings about Alex Smith that I had before the Patriots game, which means, of course, he's going to throw for 350 yards again. So – I mean, this, you got to remember something about Alex Smith this year. This isn't the old Alex. This is new Alex. He's built what, up. What are we on 4.0 by now? Give or take? No, no 0.0. This is the new Alex. It's just a different play. I, I see a different player. I saw it during training camp. I saw it in that Patriots game. If he's able to do that against the Patriots, I think he can do it in the stub, in the, in the raucous StubHub Center this weekend against the Chargers. <laughs> I, I like I like Smith here. I like the Chiefs, and that's Chiefs across the board. So some good vibes. 
heading out to LA. Find me the Chiefs fan who isn't picking the Chiefs this week. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you have to support what we've been saying, and that, and that that wraps up the podcast. Gonna give it to you guys one more time. Any final words before this game, Sean? Oh man, I just think that we we go in and if the national media is is choosing the Chiefs right now as a uh, as, as the number one in the rankings, I think now we. We highlight it. We become a bold number one. We, 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 we put our mark on the national media to let them know that no matter what team it is, whether it's in our division, in our conference, the Chiefs is definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with the entire season. Absolutely. I want the Chiefs to keep it up. I have that Chiefs-Raiders week seven game circled. I'd love to see them both unbeaten going into that. It would be very cool. Seth, last words. Just, uh, I mean, I agree with both Joel and Sean. This is a chance to make a statement. I really want them to be undefeated when I come to Arrowhead next week. Um, I think they want. I think they want to be undefeated for you, Seth. They're going to do it for you, Seth. That's well. The universe does tend to revolve around me, so (laughs) I'm assuming they're concerned about it. I would say just you talked about the new Alex Smith. I would say that what we saw in the fourth quarter against the Eagles that backs up what you're saying because when they needed to manufacture yards, Alex made it happen with that scramble on third and four, that deep pass to Conley. I'm excited to see that trend continue this week. Three games in a row. I don't think Alex has ever had three new Alex Smith games in a row with the Chiefs. Yeah. And and, and so that'll be that'll be a trend. Chiefs have been good. Be a trend. Chiefs have been good lately in the last few years in division games. You hope they keep that streak alive. Again, it's the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Los Angeles Chargers, 3.25 p.m. this Sunday. After the game, we'll be doing our recaps. We'll have a Facebook Live. We'll have winners and losers. Sean, you're showing off your shirt to the Facebook Livers right now. I got my uh, Mr. Incredible shirt on. <laughs> but it should be a fun weekend for Sean Barber, Joel Thorman, the log father. We got Seth Kaiser, real MN Chiefs fan, all the way from Minnesota. I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.